Hey guys, it's me again. Welcome. If you guys are new, I'm weird. Hey, we are in week three of probably one of my favorite series that we've done, mainly just because it means so much to me personally. And so I've gotten a whole lot out of this series, so much so that I went back and listened to last week's service again. Uh, that's really painful for a speaker to do. And, uh, but I really, it, actually it was weird because I wrote it, you know, it was kind of like the Lord birthed it like in me, uh, but it was like revelation to listen to it, which is really difficult to do, but God used it. And so, yeah, cool. This week, uh, I started off with this word thinking that this is super simple. And then I started unpacking some of it and realizing that this is, this is really going to minister to some of you a fresh mindset of things that maybe are simple, but identity can, can really change. You know, when you recognize who you are, man, it, it, it can go a long way. So this is going to be really powerful to some. Would you all do me a favor? Can everyone stand to your feet with me? I just want to read God's word. And uh, if you're at home, hey, man. Let's, let's make this thing official right there in your living room. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to read John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. And this is my favorite. I'm reading out of the NKJV today. I am the, vine, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus, help. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Man, the word of God is so powerful. I really love this series. Um, it's supposed to end today, but as I was even like studying this morning, I'm realizing there's more content. I'm struggling with next week, so I'll pray for your pastor this week. We're going to figure this thing out. First point I got for you today. Oh, I have an announcement. You guys want to hear a cool announcement? We're doing this thing, uh, this building campaign for the church, right? You guys heard about this thing, building, save, make a place, right? <laughs> make a place. I, I get it wrong all the time. Make a place for our, but we, we believe this church is too small and that uh, there's a lot of things that we want to do that we can't. Uh, we want to have classes. We want our, all of our people to be together. I think it's funny when some people come and that have been here for two years and run into someone that's been here for three years and they've never met each other. <laughs> it happens all the time. We want us all to be together. Anyways, we're, we're trying to raise some funds for this building. And um, uh, we've made so much progress in the first three months. I'm flabbergasted. Like, I really didn't, like, I was hopeful, but I didn't know. Anyways, uh, someone called the church this last week and said uh, over the next uh, two weeks, um, they'll match any donations that come in for Make a Place up to $15,000. So I know that there's some people that are praying like, and you've been waiting for tax return or something like that, you know, like I've got this thing. Just want to let you know, if you give, we double it, you know? 
uh, this next the next two weeks. So uh, uh, mark your prayers, you know, hit, hit your husband or something like that. You know, like this is the week, man. It's like it's like a buy one get one. You know, on a, <laughs> who doesn't like to bogo at the Publix? Anyway, I was just just kidding. I was really pumped about that though, man. I'm like, man, this is really cool. Anyways, fifteen thousand dollars. Here you go. Praise Jesus. Cool. Hey, we need to abide. Our first point today is that we need to abide in Christ. We need to abide in him. We need to abide in him. We need to abide in Christ. And uh, as I'm thinking about this, you know, I'm thinking about the way that we start our day. You know how it is in life sometimes. When you start and uh, you already know when you wake up, you go to sleep knowing that tomorrow is going to be a busy day or a crazy day, and you wake up with pressure. You wake up with stress. You wake up like knowing that this is going to be rough and like it's like our expectations are already moved to hurry or to frustration or to chaos if you have children. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to let that one alone. Uh, and so um, I think that's the worst way to start our day in, in this busyness, in this striving or in the chaos or there's a project that you've got to do at work and you're, you're already worried about the results. Worried if you can perform. You've got to ride along with your boss. You know, worried of what people are going to say if you don't get it. Like, I think sometimes that we abide in the wrong thoughts. We abide in the wrong places. And um, this was the branch that we got two weeks ago definitely crunchy today. I'm just letting you know. But I, I do recognize that in our life, many of us are trying to live for Jesus and we're doing it separate. And what I mean by that is like, so uh, uh, there's a few of us that have uh, got this book this week and some people are, are having a hard time understanding it. And what I love about this book, Practicing the Presence, is it trained me thoughts and prayers that I had never even understood could be possible. So the guys in this book were lived in like the 1500s. And what's cool is that the word doesn't change for us, we change for the word, okay? And so it's cool hearing people's lives that lived for Jesus thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, because it's the same God and it's the same relationship. And this guy wants to be close to Jesus. And so he's getting frustrated that he finds himself forgetting to be mindful of Jesus throughout the day. Now, you don't have to read this book. I'm giving you the footnotes right now, okay? But it's a good one, Practicing His Presence, Brother Lawrence, Franklin Bach. And what I realize is that though living for Jesus, how, many, how much time of the day do we forget that we're, forget to live for Jesus. Let me think about it like this. I, I, we got a puppy this year. He's so wonderful. And he loves me more than everyone else in the house. I'm daddy, you know? And everywhere that I go in the house, this stupid dog is right with me, you know? And, uh, like, I can't tell you how many times I've already tripped over the dog. Like, and, and I just think of, like, I am not, I don't forget that my dog is with me. I don't want us to forget that our God is with us. And so we're living for Jesus, and I think sometimes we separate, even for like a day, or even for like, but it doesn't work like that in Christ. The objective is to always be in Christ, 
to always be in prayer, to always be connected to Jesus. So we're not, we're not starting the day in worry. We're always connect, we're, not, we're not entering into a frustrating situation. We're entering into Jesus. And, and I want to just show you what does that look like. Well, in, 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 in 1 John, no, John 15, verse 9, Jesus says this. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. So don't abide in, in stress. Don't abide in chaos. It's a whole different concept to just rest a moment in the reality that God loves you. Because there's so much confidence that happens in this. My son watches uh, YouTube. There's a YouTube guy that did a study. Did I tell you about this study yet? Anyways, this guy did like three, did a study on like 3,000 people playing video games. And he gave uh, 1,500 of them five lives to get as far as they can in the video game. Okay? He gave 1,500 of them unlimited lives. But he stopped them at five. He didn't tell them that there was going to, he just told them they could just play. The people that thought they only had five lives underperformed almost 85%. Something different happens in us when we move and operate in the confidence that we can just keep going. Like, the Lord just loves you. Like, you don't have, like you'll perform so much better in the mindset that you're loved. Abide in the love, not in the chaos, not in the stress, not in the, I've got to do all of these things. No, the only thing you've got to do is be loved. That changes everything. We're done. (laughs) I feel like if that's all we said today, it'd be good enough. Like that's, that really is a good mindset. Okay, I have to keep going. So, so as the father has loved me, I also have loved you and abide in that love. I guess I'm asking where do you abide in Christ? Because for, for guys, for dudes, this is like a tough one because we separate everything. Women have like a million boxes, but guys, like we, we, everything's in like, I've got my family box, I've got my work box, I've got, I've got my Jesus box. But it doesn't work like that. You have to, like Jesus, I need you to abide in Christ in everything in your life. So what does it look like for you to abide in Christ at church on Sunday? I'm super glad you encountered God today. Wonderful presence of God. Can you abide in that peace and that love Thursday at 2.30? That's the objective. Because Jesus says, abide in me. Apart from me, you can't do this. So how often are, are we accidentally separating ourselves, thinking that, yes, I'm living for God, but I'm, I'm doing these things. And we have to figure out a way to connect all these emotions. It's like if you enter into a relationship with someone, there isn't two lives, it's one. Okay, So the thoughts and the actions that we have still have to honor the marriage. It's not when we're together, it's we're always, we are now connected in everything we do. How do I keep you connected to Jesus? Abide in Jesus. That's my first point. I feel like that point is I've said that every week because that's the main point. (laughs) All right, let's go. All right, here we go. The second thing that I think Jesus is trying to say in this passage is be fruitful. Uh, 
Be fruity, y'all. That's what he wants us here to do. In verse 8, Jesus is going to get his, 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 uh, his, his agenda out there. He says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Please understand this is the mission of our church. We want to make as many little Jesuses as we can. Okay? So I, I, I know this is a, uh, maybe, no, it's not even weird. I'm going to ask you to do a practice with me today. Can you put your hand on your belly and your hand on your heart, okay? This is the only thing you can control is you. You can't fix your spouse. You can't fix your kids. You can only fix you. Can you just say, I'm supposed to be a little Jesus? Now here's what I want you to, here's the mindset that's got to shift here a little bit. Jesus was a teacher, right? Say this, I'm teaching somebody Jesus. Jesus was a high priest, right? Can you say this? I'm somebody's priest. That means you're bringing someone to Jesus. Because we got to take responsibility for this gospel. Okay? Let me give you this one. Jesus was a healer, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Let me just, can you just say this? I'm somebody's healer. Some people doctrinally have a hard time with that one. But let me just tell you, he, he commanded and commissioned you to go heal. And so at some point, you've got to take on the responsibility to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Every time you don't pray, they say in basketball, every shot you don't take is a shot missed. It's okay to miss the shot. It's okay to pray and, that, and it not work. All you can do is do what he told you to do. All right, we're done with, I'm the little, I'm trying to make you little Jesuses. <laughs> little baby Jesus living inside you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Now, I, I, I actually have said the word bear a million times and didn't really know what it meant, but uh, to bear is, is to endure or support. Uh, I want you to bear fruit. He designed you to be a branch that can hold the weight of fruit. I think that's cool. You know what else? The, uh, the idea of enduring the weight of this fruit, the weight of the responsibility of the fruit, the weight of the responsibility of the life that the fruit gives. I want you to know that um, it's going to be difficult sometimes. And, and endurance is something that we're going to hear about here a little bit more. It's super important for anyone who's alive to have endurance, especially in Christ. I'm going to come back around to this thought here in a couple of minutes. But what I love about this passage is he's going to say this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you'll be my disciples. I'm watching uh, The Chosen right now. I don't know if some of you guys have seen this little series. It's pretty fun. I think you should try it. First couple episodes were hard for me as I got through. Man, it's powerful check it out it's a cool family thing everything's good so far uh but anyways in this the disciples are having a hard time finding their identity as a disciple they're having they're having like i don't like he picked me why would he pick me i don't understand like i've never been good enough to be a follower of jesus everyone struggles with this the reality that god of the universe wants to speak through you that's a good thing that you feel inadequate because you are but you're not. And that's the weird part about the gospel is this grace 
that's been given to us. And I'm going to show you this here. Is he saying, he, he, he's saying, I, I, I want you to go bear fruit. Be my disciples. Watch this part. In verse 15, it is so lovely. 16, I'm sorry. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Man, you got to get this. I chose you. Friends, you're his. How lovely, how wonderful is it to know that like you are designed in a really odd way with all of your limitations, to display God more than everyone else. He's not looking for the qualified. He will qualify the called. If you were great at everything that you did, it would be harder for him to be revealed in it. The reality is he needs your shortcomings so that when people look at you knowing who you really are, they would see the supernatural moving through you. Do you understand the reality that it's actually the broken things in you that cause him to be exalted? It's your inability. It's your lack of wisdom that makes him look wise. It's it's your craziness. It's your zaniness. It's, It's in those places that God, does this make sense? I chose you. Okay, okay, no, wait, watch this, watch this. I... You did not choose me, but I chose you. I love this, the night before he died. And then he says this, and I appointed you. I appointed you, I appointed you, I appointed you. This, I, I, I know I can only tell you, I saw it like this. I saw it like a bookshelf. I don't know why, this is just me, and this is not spontaneous. But I saw a bookshelf, and it's like a little uh, trinket. I appointed you. I'm putting you on the shelf like, I want everyone to see, this is my son. This is my daughter. I, I put you there, okay? So let me just show you what I mean by this. You know that job that you have? At 10.30 tomorrow when you go to work, I appointed you to be there with those people being my disciple. You did not pick me. No, no, no. I picked you and I put you in that position that you have in your family, amongst your friends, in that situation. I put you there. I think that that is very humbling, very empowering. Because I didn't get to where uh, 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 Mark Rutland used to always say, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you can be sure of one thing. He didn't get there by himself. I always love that because it's like, well, I never saw a turtle on a fence post. We are right. But I am a turtle. Somehow ended up in a first man. Like, like, how did I become a pastor? And like, I just, the Lord uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And I realized that I, there's a lot of foolishness in me that has become wise. You know, every time I met a man of God for years, I'd travel. And I, if I, when I got to meet Benny Hinn, when I got to meet like Creflo Dollar, when I got to meet like these big speakers, they'd always stop and say, hey, I got a word for you. It's always the same word. Always the same word. I get so mad. You know what they would say to me every time? Hear the word of the Lord. You need to read your Bible. What? God's calling you to wisdom. You need to read your Bible. I'm like, I'm reading my Bible, man. Like that's like the that's like the rudest thing someone can say. And and what he was trying to say is that God is trying to put wisdom inside me far beyond my ability. But if I get this thing in me, it'll change me. Shortcoming, 
all of a sudden, strength. Your limitation is why he appointed you in the position that you're in. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, the scripture is going to say. And this is what I mean about, uh, the, the scripture is going to talk more about, about, about long-suffering, about endurance. Uh, and when I heard the word long-suffering for the first time, I remember it was a Filipino lady in California, and we were, we, she was praying over us before we went to, to, to prayer one morning, and she just stopped and she prayed and she said, I just pray that they would have long-suffering. I was like, man, that is like the weirdest prayer I've ever heard in my life. But the problem is, is that many of us in our faith, are only framing ourselves to get through this season. But the reality that God is trying to create in you in endurance is going to be difficult because he wants your fruit to remain. He wants it to last, like, you know, like have a long shelf life. And so there's going to be some moments where like things are difficult and uncomfortable and many people give up and they fold their faith. But you've got to understand that he's trying to design something that's going to have endurance. Is this good? Yes. This is in you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that should remain. Other translations would say fruit that would last. Okay, be fruitful. So what is your fruit? What, what are we talking about here? And I, I, I love this. Uh, you know, this is like the oldest uh, scriptures in the world. Uh, many, I've seen this on so many toilets in your houses when I've gone to your potty. Uh, I, I think it's so funny. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 is going to define for us what we're talking about here. And, and I just want you to see them because it... I, I need, here's, here's why I want to see them, because it's, it's by our fruit that they'll know that we're, 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 you know, who we are. So the Jesus in you, I need to look at your life and see your fruit. Hold on, let me start over. You're a branch, and if you don't got fruit on you, well, I don't know what is this tree. But the longer that this thing endures and it remains in the tree, the good news is the branch, you and me, are going to ultimately bear fruit, right? And other people will be able to look at this tree and go, well, it's obvious what kind of, of tree this thing is, ding dong, you know? It's, it's an orange tree. It's an apple tree. It's, I, I think that this is a crepe myrtle. Is that right? What, what? Yeah, it's a crepe, crepe myrtle. That's what this is. So it, it bears crepes? <laughs> Um, I got jokes. So I, here's what I need you to see. Your fruit is not designed for you. It's designed for me. This is really important, Christians. The things coming out of your life are not designed for you. And so I think that many Christians get lost trying to just get these things right, okay? But what you really want to see is that these things coming out of your life to benefit others. Yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, uh, goodness, 
I, I, I memorize it in the NIV. And so I, yeah, when I'm reading it in the NKJV, I get lost. Gentleness and self-control. Uh, I think my favorite of all of them is self-control. Uh, the ability to, to keep myself focused on things that matter the most. Uh, maybe that's just me, but that's the one that... Patience is another one. That one's like brutal. And I realize that when I'm patient, it's a gift to you. I heard a story about someone that was at a restaurant just recently. They were at a fast food restaurant and they were standing in line and the cashier lady was doing everything they could and it, took, it was taking five minutes at a fast food restaurant. Five minutes is a long time when you're standing in a fast food line. You know what I mean? You have this expectation. And another five minutes went by and there were 10 minutes waiting in line and they began to boil and the person said that they felt like they should just stop and give the lady patience. So the person said to the person behind the cashier, don't worry, sweetheart, take your time. You're doing a great job. Now that's a mindset right there. Let me just tell you, it didn't look like probably that I, I wasn't there. I didn't see it, but it probably didn't look like they were doing a great job. It looked like this is awful. Where's the manager? We need to get this thing right because you're wasting my time. But in doing so, the lady instantly started crying and there was an opportunity for ministry to take place over a counter. Like, how crazy would that be? Like, this isn't a situation for ministry. It's always a situation. When you're abiding in the vine, if you give someone else the fruit in your life, the peace that you have, the patience that you do have. And that's why last week we were talking about uh, the, the, the vine dresser coming and, and, and if, right, can you put those back up one more time? If you, if you, see, if you don't see this fruit in your life, you, what you need to understand is the, op, any, the opposite of any of these is not telling the people who you now confess you are. And I, I do believe that there's a responsibility. I know there may be some tomatoes thrown at me right now. That we need to repent and say, God, I, I really missed that. And I wasn't Jesus. I was Tim Broughton in that situation. And Tim Broughton ain't the nicest, kindest dude in the world. You guys don't, you ain't met me. You know what I mean? You guys only get to see Jesus on Sundays. Like, <laughs> and so anyways, uh, but if, if we're not showing that, and so let me just, the, the first, in the first point was abide in Jesus. The second one is be fruitful. First one we said, like, where are, are you abiding? Here's my question for, for, um, for this one here is, um, and be fruitful. Who are you fruit for? So let me, I just want to take a second. Can you just close your eyes for a second? In your life, who do you need to show joy to? In your life right now, who is, who is God calling you to be Christ to that you can see, I, I need to be faithful to them. I need to be self-disciplined to them. I, I need to be peace to them. Please understand that every person in this room has been given a mission. Who? Okay. Your fruit is not for you. It's for me. It's for them. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, because no branch does this for themselves. All right, here we go. And here's the last point I think I got for you. Um, 
Yeah, I can't say that story. That was a good story, but uh, I'll tell you another time. Uh, the third point is, is multiply. Now, I'm going to ask Brady, would you come? And, and Miss Lacey, would you come? And um, Rachel, not yet. But um, hey, we're going to do communion today to everyone at home. And um, this may be a great time for you to run in the kitchen and grab a cookie and a soda or a, a bread and some juice or water and milk, whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, thank you for the grace. Um, we really just want to take a moment and remember what Jesus has done for us. So um, for everyone that's here, we're going, to do, we're going to be sanitary and we're going to try to take care of you as healthy as we can. Cool. Multiply. Abide in Jesus. The longer you abide in Jesus, you'll become fruitful when you abide in his love. And the last thing you need to understand is I need you to multiply. All right. So this is important because of this. In the book of Genesis, the very first thing that the Lord ended up saying to Adam and Eve was, be fruitful and what? Okay, this is a problem that I see in our church. Can't speak for the body of Christ at large, uh, but I think that by and large, many people believe that their faith is just simply then to get to the point where you're abiding in Jesus and you're fruitful. But if you don't get the concept of multiplying, your growth stops. I've got to do everything I can to make sure that you hear this because some of us are not growing anymore. Our prayer life is not growing. Our, our encounters with Jesus are not growing because you're not multiplying. You were designed to have fruit that gives life to other people. Now, here's the beauty of the fruit. Um, each fruit is going to have seeds in it. Now, remember, this chapter comes from the last night before uh, Jesus' life on earth. His, his, his time with his disciples as he's washing their feet and he's, he's praying with them. You guys all with me? Okay. In the same week, so after Jesus comes in on the triumphal entry, he's going to have this conversation talking about this. In John chapter 12, this is a powerful, powerful revelation. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, of Galilee and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying this, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. You got to get this. This is good. This is a good thing. Jesus says, he looks at his disciples, Guys, my moment's here. It's going to be great. I'm going to be exalted. Wonderful news, right? Mm. Most assuredly, I say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Now, I, I don't know, but I think what Jesus is talking about here is multiple things. But what he's not talking about is a grain of wheat. He may be talking about himself and how he descended from heaven so that way he can be with us. 
Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. The objective is not for you just to have fruit, but to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Listen to this. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So I do believe that Jesus is talking about himself, just like he did in John 15 when he was explaining to them about how he was loving them and how he was commissioning them to go love others. I believe the seed that he's talking about is him and the seed that he's talking about is you. So hear this. The fruit in your life, the worst thing that can happen is for it to die on the vine. What if we don't know how to give our fruit away? What if we don't become disciples? What if we just only become students our whole life? We just learn God. What a tragic scenario because Jesus in you was designed to come through you. And if we don't have moments where other people in your life are being taught Jesus by you, the fruit is going to die on the vine. What's tragic about this is fruit that dies on the vine actually kills the branch actually will kill the plant. The fruit in your life was designed to come out and influence others. And so this is what Jesus is going to say. But if it dies, it produces so much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for an eternal life. And I, and I believe that's what's happening in some of us right now. We've wanted to do great things in our life. And... Um, some of us are, are wondering why there's so much confusion in our life because we're trying so hard to do things on our own. We're trying to accomplish so much. But really, my wife was talking in prayer yesterday about how when we start praying, first thing that we're trying to do is come under his vision. And that's why it's so important you don't start your day under the chaos, but you come under his vision. You don't start in your emotions, but you come under his desire to love you. It's so important because you must be born again. And in this passage, he's saying that if, if, if you're trying to keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you actually uh, hate your life in this world, then, then you'll actually keep it. He's, Jesus, I need you to help me right now. Jesus starts talking off, he starts talking about how he's going to be glorified. And then he says that a seed has to fall to the ground and die. So he starts off with a good subject, then a bad one. And then he says, but if it dies, then it produces many seeds. The idea of the fruit in your life is designed to multiply. I don't know if you know much about a seed, but the idea is that that seed is alive. It's really weird that a seed can be alive in a packet at Lowe's for eight years. Like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> but somehow it goes in the ground and it gives up its current state yes. and something comes alive. Yes. There are things in your life, I believe the Lord wanted me to tell you this before we move on into the altar time, that some things in your life are gonna have to end. You're gonna have to let go of some ideas and in letting go, there will be life. You were designed to multiply. You were designed to give Jesus and life to other people. Who is that happening with?
Father, Rachel, would you come? I'm going to have the ushers um, come that are going to help, and we're going to try to pass out some of these elements to you guys here today. And um, hopefully I'll try to make some sense of this. And then Jesus would say this in verse 27. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, that where I am, my servant will also be. And if anyone serves me, my father will honor him. So Jesus kind of goes, I feel like he's, he knows he's about to die, and he's having like this conversation that's, um, it almost seems, um, it's very emotional, very high, he's going to be glorified, you can go ahead and just pass out the elements. It's very great, and then it's very bad. He's going to be glorified, seed's going to come to the ground and die. But if it dies, it will produce many seeds, it's very great. And, but it, you have to lose your life. And then, and he's talking on and on about all these things. And, and he goes on to say this in verse 27. My soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But this is the purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Can I just tell you for a second? When, when, when the God of the universe defines purpose, it's important that you turn your ear. Because there are many of us that are sitting here right now that are trying to figure out what am I doing? This is why I came, Jesus said. I came this one little seed to die. But in giving love to others, it, it changes and produces life for many others. Hundreds others. Like this tree lets a seed down and it produces not just more food for, for one bird or this kind of thing, but that seed opens up life. I believe today by us giving our life to Jesus that we open, unlock the potential to bring healing and life to so many others. Abide in Jesus. Be fruitful and please multiply. Some of us in this room need to apologize for the way that we've been living. Sorry, that's a bad word. We need to repent of the way that we've been living. And some of us need to figure out how to start multiplying. And the reality is is that multiplication in and through your life is going to be massively difficult. It's going to be uncomfortable. Nope. It's actually going to require you to die. So you're wanting your marriage to live. How are you dying? It's about surrendering your agenda so his can live. You're wanting to see promotion happen at work. He's appointed you to bear fruit there. But the way that you're going to bear more fruit is by letting go of those things and allowing God to bring it back to life. Hey, if you're here and you'd say, um, Jesus, I need you to forgive me of some things and move in my life. If that's you, it would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all across this room. Lord, I'm laying it down.
We're going to pray for you, and I just want to make sure I open this up. I feel led to. If you're here and you'd say, I'm not serving Jesus right now, and I need to change the direction of my life and follow him. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? Man, that's wonderful. Love you so much. Jesus, we all give you our life. Our desire is to abide in you. Our desire is to be found by you, to be fruitful, to look like you, to act like you, to love like you. Would you forgive us of being about us? 